0: This episode is sponsored by Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef is the first USDA-certified organic meal kit and has a meal plan for every healthy lifestyle, including keto, paleo, plant-powered diets, or even if you just want to have delicious but balanced dishes – I got to try Green Chef this week, and it really was a game changer. I made the chicken with spicy apricot pan sauce, and it was not only so delicious, but more importantly, it was quick. It took me less than 30 minutes, and it also was good and balanced and nutritious for my family, which all my parents out there know that dinner time can be super hectic, and being able to make a quick and balanced meal for me and my family is essential. I also love that I get to avoid long lines at the grocery store, and that by using Green Chef's pre-portioned ingredients, I am reducing my food waste by at least 25%. So if you want to join me in enjoying the number one meal kit for eating well, and get $125 off your order, go to greenchef.com slash mindful125 and use code mindful125 to get $125 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com mindful125 and use coupon code mindful125 to save $125 today. And now on with the episode. Hello, my friends, welcome to this reform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. Full disclosure, I have tried to start recording this podcast about three times already, and I seem to really be struggling with the English language today. So bear with me, um. You know, Porkchop had a really rough night last night, and so I'm going on about three and a half hours of sleep, and usually I wouldn't disclose that, but I just feel like, you know, it's it's human, and it's just a part of the experience, and sometimes we're tired, and sometimes language and speaking, and it's just hard. And so I, you know, I apologize in advance if I am stumbling on my words a little bit. I'm I am having a very hard time somehow getting the words from my brain out of my mouth. So if you are also tired and struggling today, you're not alone. And I did not want to postpone recording this episode because I'm really excited about it and I really want to talk about this topic. I feel good. I feel excited about it just for whatever reason. Words are hard today. So I hope that wherever you are, wherever you're listening to my voice right now, that you are finding some joy and some contentment there, even if it's just in the little things. And today we're going to be talking about um, some silence, the power of silence. Specifically, we're going to talk about why being silent is so important and powerful and why it can also be so deeply uncomfortable for so many people. And we're going to explore the value of silence, how to embrace this practice for yourself. And in your meditation practice, we're going to talk about why silence is so hard. And then I'm going to share my own personal experience with silent retreats and um, silent, intentional silent experiences. And then why I'm also choosing to add a silent day to my meditation retreats going forward, what made me kind of make that decision. So let's dive right in. So silence. How does silence make you feel? Did you like that little second or two (laughs) of silence? Um, Do you welcome the silence as a break from chaos of our just loud and busy world? Did that little pause there make you feel uneasy? have you ever really given thought to how you react to silence? I recently have been thinking a lot about silence and also a lot about sound and noise. So first, I have just been a little bit more aware of how much louder my world has become since I became a mom. Someone was asking me recently, like, what was the biggest change in my life since having a kid? And i I don't know why this answer just came out of my mouth, but it did. But I was like, my world is just so much loud. Like everything is just so much louder and I never get any true silence anymore. And I, before I unpack that, I want to clarify a few things. First, I want to make it really clear. I love pork chop so much. I know you guys know that. But what you probably don't know is I love his voice I refer to it as his sweet little baby angel voice, and it's usually because he, you know, is just doing a lot of babbling and a lot of talking, and he'll, like, talk to himself, and sometimes he'll, like, whisper little things, and I don't know what it is. Maybe every single parent feels this way. They probably do, Um, but I only know my own experience, but, like, hearing him, especially when he, like, wakes up in the morning and he's kind of, like, chatting to himself, even when it's, like... Like four in the morning, and he wants to start his day. Like the actual sound of like his sweet little babbling voice is like I don't even know how to describe it, other than it's his sweet little baby angel voice, and and I love it, and it's one of my favorite sounds in the world. But I will say, pork chop is very very loud. Pork chop's dad is very 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 loud. Mila is incredibly loud. You guys already know this. You you hear her sometimes in this podcast. I live in a loud house and I didn't realize how much I valued my moments of silence, whether it was silence for working or thinking or just relaxing until I was living in a world where I'm always home and there is literally someone here that is always being loud. And I also find myself being loud too because I love to interact with Porkchop and so he's being loud and making noises and I'll make noises back. And it's like, you know, it's a fun little thing that we do. And so I find myself being loud as well. And to me, like silence has developed to like mean something just so different. And again, I'm sure every parent or caregiver or anyone that's, you know, lived in a house with a lot of other people living in that house, you know what it feels like. It's like that Immediate uneasiness when you realize that your child is being like too quiet. Or all of a sudden, if your house is actually silent, it immediately makes you wonder or assume that something has gone terribly wrong or they're getting into trouble and you have to go check on them. And that I never used to feel that way about silence. I used to really love it and appreciate it. And now all of a sudden it has this whole new meaning where when there's silence, I'm like, oh, what's wrong? What's going on? And I also didn't realize how much I valued moments of silence until I didn't have them anymore, until it wasn't just a part of, like, my everyday life when there wasn't always someone else. I mean, other than Mila, there wasn't, you know, someone else in my space, and I could truly just have a lot of time of silence. Or, like, when I was traveling, there was more time to myself and silence. And I also have noticed that I am always communicating with someone. If it isn't pork chop, it's my husband, usually about pork chop or another family member or something else, not just my personal life, but for business. And communication is so important, but it has also completely skyrocketed in my life, which again takes away from silence. And for me, silence used to be this little break and a space that I could really exist, just exist there for the majority of a day and not really communicate with anyone and have quiet time for myself and that's just not an option right now and that's okay. I am loving and embracing this season of life. I really truly am but it has made me reflect on the power of silence and the role that silence used to play in my life and how it's just not a part of my life right now and what that means and why silence is so important to me and why I'm really feeling Pulled to explore not only silence, but also exploring this idea of intentional sound versus noise. So you may have seen on Instagram that I am now playing singing bowls. I have found myself completely fascinated with sound healing, with intentional sound. I'm, uh, I was going to say I'm low-key obsessed. It's not even low-key. I am very obsessed. I've made it very obvious that I am obsessed with my singing bowls and learning all about it. I have been putting myself through what I am referring to as bowl school, which is basically just me being obsessed and reading books and taking online trainings and listening to sound baths and learning about, you know, the different vibrations of different mantras and just spending every free minute that I can get trying to like learn a little bit more about this. And I I just really enjoyed diving head first into it. but I bring this up because it has really made me think about the difference between sound, silence, and noise and communication in a new way, which has not only inspired this episode, but it has also inspired me to start incorporating more intentional silence and sound into my meditation retreats. So let's first dive into why is silence so uncomfortable? I wholeheartedly recognize not everyone likes silence. In fact, I maybe not necessarily in this space if you're listening to a podcast like this, but by and large, I would say I'm in the minority for enjoying silence for enjoying like alone unstructured time. Like I I genuinely could probably go like be a hermit somewhere and be very happy with that. <laughs> and and I, sometimes I think this surprises people, but I, I am very much an introvert. I can be, like, loud and outgoing. And, like, if you train with me or go on retreat with me, like, I'm so excited to be there that I can seem like like I'm a little bit more extroverted. But for me, like, I really need that, like, alone, quiet time to recharge. So I am quite introverted. Um, and I, I just – I love silence. But I know – Many, many, many people do not share my love of that and that it is a common feeling to feel incredibly uncomfortable with silence. I see it so frequently in my trainings and in my retreats. If I ask a question in a training, I will ask a question and I will just kind of let the silence hang, leave the question out there, and eventually someone will answer it. But what I find more often than not is like someone just has to break the uncomfortable silence by saying Anything, right? They're just like, oh, Kelly's just like, asked a question. It's just hanging there in this silence is really like awkward and uncomfortable. And I just need to say something to break the silence. I also see it like on retreats when, you know, I, I kind of take the training wheels off a little bit, do a little bit more of hands off, where maybe we're doing some guided meditation. I'm walking you through a practice and I leave you there in silence for a little bit. And there will be, you know, You can tell that sometimes without direction, people get a little uncomfortable in the silence. They'll wiggle, they'll shift, they'll get restless in those moments without guidance. Silence can make people feel uneasy and uncomfortable. We also live in an incredibly loud world. There is noise all the time. And when there isn't intentional noise, we sometimes create noise ourselves. And of course, there's a lot of unintentional noise. Like our actual world is very noisy, right? Like just sitting here in my little closet, I can hear the dishwasher running upstairs. I can hear the heater turning on. I can hear pork chop and pork chops dad kind of like, you know, I think they just got back from um, an activity. and like we have we live in a loud world, but there's also a lot of intentional noise with, TV and podcasts and music in the background and texting and pop-up notifications and FaceTiming and calling and like these things aren't inherently bad things like being connected to people that's not a bad thing but what I want to explore a little bit is but are we creating that noise in an already loud world because either we don't want to learn how to be comfortable in silence or maybe because we aren't comfortable sitting with ourselves and sitting with our own thoughts. And that's what I want to dive into. Like why do we need so much noise and so much distraction in our life? And why is the absence of that so uncomfortable? And I think one of the main reasons why silence is uncomfortable or awkward for people is because we're just not used to it. We're used to noise. In fact, one of the earliest senses that develop when we are in our mother's womb is the sense of hearing. And the minute we come out into this world, it's loud. It's, you know, it's even loud in the womb. Like baby can hear, you know, mom's like, you know, pumping of her blood and like the whooshing of the fluid and, you know, all of the just noise that's happening outside of you know, mom's belly. And I'm here to tell you from, you know, having done it, like those few, first few moments, like when baby emerges into the world, it's not, it's at least from my experience, wasn't quiet. So from the moment that we can hear, we are constantly stimulated and we're just used to noise. And silence often indicates for people either like a lack of direction, which we don't like. We're humans and we kind of, innately want some structure and organization and direction like we don't usually just do a whole lot of like aimless wandering or you know just living without purpose or meaning like we're always looking for meaning and wanting direction and um and things like that and silence can often indicate a lack of that which can you know not feel super comfortable and we also tend to, you've heard me, you know, talk about this before. I'm going to keep talking about it cuz I really believe in it. We really struggle to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And learning how to move past this and learning how to function in discomfort is essential to growth. And it is not only a powerful byproduct of a meditation and mindfulness practice, this ability to sit with like the uncomfortable, but uncomfortable things are uncomfortable for a reason, which is what makes it so hard. But it's also essential to make sure that we are learning how to kind of sit with the uncomfortable, I'm not talking about sitting with the unbearable or, you know, sitting with like the traumatizing or the upsetting, but like these little things like learning how to sit with discomfort and learning how to exist in uncomfortable situations and in an uncomfortable world. Our worlds can be incredibly Uncomfortable. There can be a lot of really uncomfortable situations and experiences and conversations, and just life can be incredibly uncomfortable. And learning how to function in that is essential to growth. I also believe it's a huge piece to finding contentment in your life, right? Being able to function in that discomfort. But like I said, uncomfortable is uncomfortable for a reason. And we as humans are kind of designed to you know, sort of this like, I like it, it feels good. I want more of the good. And I want to kind of run away and push away from the quote, bad, instead of just letting all experiences be the experience that they are. I was talking about this a little bit over on my Instagram. It's like, not just trying to like plug my Instagram. But I do feel like I've kind of been having fun, like just sharing some thoughts and like some more like organic, just like, I don't know, chit-chat over there. But I had posted a story just about, you know, I was reflecting on on how feelings aren't, like, either good or bad. Like, they're part of the human experience, and they just are what they are. And so I was talking about the meditation that came out last week about releasing anger and frustration. And it's like, we are so quick to label anger and frustration as, like, quote, bad. But it's not it's not bad. It's a part of the normal human experience to have these feelings of anger and frustration but you get to choose when you feel like those feelings have you know taken their toll on you or run their course and you're ready to release them but it is important to acknowledge uncomfortable is uncomfortable for a reason but that doesn't mean that we should run from it that we should necessarily avoid it at all costs silence also has the power to give you time to think to think without the noise you are just left with you and your thoughts and your feelings, and whatever's happening, and that is scary for so many people. Sometimes it's scary for me. Someone asked me a question the other day, and, you know, I was kind of talking about something, um, just something personal that I was struggling with, and they were like, well, what happens when you meditate on this? And I was like, you know, honestly, I haven't brought this particular issue to my meditation practice, because I don't know if I'm ready to open Pandora's box on that, and it was just something that I know there's something deeper there, and I'm still kind of working up the courage to really face it and to take my own voice and to get really uncomfortable by unpacking some of these some of these deeper things but we know that meditation and mindfulness like it really does make you think and you have to feel and you have to acknowledge what's happening beneath the surface versus when we live in this really loud stimulating like faster do more world it often can drown out and distract from what is actually happening to us and within us silence really gives you the time to experience and to think and that can be really hard really eye-opening really challenging it also and i'm gonna talk about this in a little bit it can be such just such a Transformational experience, and sort of the launching pad that you need to kind of get to that next level, not only in a meditation practice, but like in your own personal fulfillment journey. Silence can also be really hard and uncomfortable because it is fuel for a busy and chattering mind. It's like as soon as you turn it on the volume on the other things, the volume on that busy, chattering mind gets turned like all the way up, right? It's just like da 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 da. da It's nonstop, is where I hear people tell me I can't meditate because my brain is too busy, right? And you guys know I love this, but I always say, Oh, saying you're, you know, too busy or have, you know, your mind is spinning too fast for meditation, it's like, you know, saying you're too dirty for a shower. Like there's, you know a way that you're going to kind of remedy that situation but it is true like when you turn the volume down on life it's like the volume of you know your body and mind gets turned all the way up and for some of us we don't want to go there or we just haven't really thought about it we haven't gone there um or maybe you're like me where some things you're like i just don't know if i'm quite you know ready to dive into that yet and that's okay too for many of us, connecting with our thoughts and true emotions and connecting with like that true self, that authentic space, it can be hard, it can be unscary, or sorry, it can be hard, it can be scary, and it can be unwanted. And it's like diving into the deep waters of the unknown sometimes when you do this, and it will cause you to feel uncomfortable, and it will cause you to be honest with yourself and really kind of take that deep Look, and when you're not using noise and busyness, and you know all of this, just tons of communication and like unintentional or—and I don't mean unintentional, like you don't mean to—but like not well thought out communication is what I mean by like unintentional. Um, there is not intention behind like the dialogue and the communication that you're using. Like that can be such a distraction. And silence in my personal life has been one of my greatest teachers. It has been a very uh, tough love kind of teacher, but it has been one of the most powerful and beneficial teachers that I've had in my life uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something that is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Or maybe you're like me and you just want some extra support for your mental health while you navigate a big life change, maybe like becoming a parent or any other life change that may be happening right now. I know that I've really been trying to focus on my mental health lately and that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you to your own licensed professional therapist who you can start communicating with within 48 hours. So it's not self-help, it's not a crisis line, it's professional counseling done securely online and is available to clients worldwide. So if you want to join the over 1 million people including me who are taking charge of their mental health and get 10% off your first month, you can visit betterhelp.com/minutes. That's dot com slash minutes to save 10% off your first month and take charge of your mental health today. Betterhelp.com slash minutes to save 10% off your first month. And now, on with the episode. And we're back. But I want to acknowledge before we dive into like the power of silence and its benefits and my experience with it, I want to acknowledge that silence is hard and it's scary. And so many people, like when I say that I, you know, did a silent retreat or had a silent day, I'm gonna start incorporating this. Like their first reaction is like, Oh my gosh, I could never do that. And I'm here to tell you that you could, even if you don't think you could, you you can. I've you know seen even just like People who really were convinced they couldn't do it, they they can do it. But I want to also acknowledge and hold space that like silence is hard and that we live in this very, very loud world and it can be a little bit unsettling to really dive into like a silence practice. But if you are willing to get a little bit uncomfortable and dive into silence and to um. I'm laughing because as I'm teaching you about silence, I can hear um, what kind of sounds like a, I don't even know, like just a wild like wolverine tornado happening upstairs. <laughs> I don't know if you can um, hear that or not, but it sounds like Porkchop and Mila are just having like a rip-roaring time upstairs. And so it just kind of makes me giggle sometimes to, you know, the, uh, the two different ends of the spectrum that I get to experience sometimes in a day of Teaching about the power of silence and then also hearing um, a Wolverine tornado happening, happening upstairs in in my home. But, you know, such such as life, something this is not totally related, but something that I've just personally been reflecting on is like just like letting experiences be what they are and like focusing on, you know, instead of, instead of trying to get like frustrated and being like oh, like I never, you know. I never get the chance to, like, you know, record, like, in silence or, like, you know, focus on these things. Um, But just, like, just enjoying, like, the joy that I get to over here. Like, it, it does make, obviously, like, recording a podcast a little bit more challenging. But trying to just let, like, experiences be experiences and to try to find, like, these little, like, bits of joy. And just being, like, oh, like, they're having fun upstairs, and like, yeah, it's loud, and it's like a little annoying. Um, but, like, it makes my heart happy to hear, like my family having fun. So, anyways, unrelated, but if you do hear what sounds like just like a bunch of like wilder beasts having like a party, that's just my child and my dog, and the adult supervision upstairs. So, if you are willing to get a little uncomfortable and to kind of dedicate a little bit more time and effort to silence it can be so powerful and so amazing there's been several recent studies that have shown that taking taking daily like quiet time like quiet silent stillness time can do the following things for your body it can lower blood pressure, it can improve concentration and focus, it can reduce the stress hormone, cortisol, it can improve insomnia, and improve your heart health, and it can also boost your immune system. So a lot of these benefits are the same that you get with a regular meditation practice, but if you think about it like sitting in silence and, you know, with your own thoughts and meditating, very, very similar. So if you don't need any of those things that I just listed, let me know because you might not like be a human and I want to talk to you. If you do not have any issues with either like heart health or blood pressure or stress or concentration, focus, um, insomnia, immune system, any of that, like you are just living like the gold star life. And I'm very, very impressed by you. You might also be an alien. Um, silence has also been shown to be able to boost creativity and. And introspection. So, for my fellow creators out there, this silence time and embracing silence can be really, really, really um, beneficial for creating, for your creativity. Silence also allows you to be more intentional with your communication. And I want to dive into this one a little bit more. This is something that I'm pretty sure I talked about a little bit, um, maybe in the 10 things I learned before turning 30. Um, but basically diving into clear and intentional communication and like only saying things when you have something to say and speaking with intention. So trying to reduce filler words, which is something that I'm still working on. I definitely still kind of use some filler words as a crutch at times, still working on that. You know, we're all a work in progress, but something that I've really been focusing on is reducing what I call saying like speaking a lot without saying much kind of that like word vomit like just you know we've all had conversations with people where it's like they're they're talking a lot but like they're not really saying much and I have tried to really condense like the way that I communicate to speak with intention and to only speak when I have something to say and to try to communicate clearly. And it's been really interesting because the more that I do this, like, it's brought a lot of joy into my life. It's really, really reduced, like, miscommunications um, or that, you know, that experience where you're trying – like, someone says something and you're like, what do they mean by that? And trying to, like, unpack it. The people in my life, like, they just know that, like, I, I say what I mean and that I try to speak with intention and that there's no, like, hidden agenda or anything like that. Um, and that – I will say, though, there's a little bit of a adjustment period because sometimes when you as the person are silent or are saying less, that can be a little bit, like, off-putting to some people. And they're Like, oh, is she mad or – what is she thinking about and it can be a little unsettling so there's a little bit of an adjustment period of being like no it's not that i'm upset or so anything's on my mind like i just i don't really have anything to say or i don't have anything meaningful to contribute to this conversation so i'm just enjoying listening right now but being able to do that and to be more intentional with my words with the way that i communicate really has been a huge shift in in my life and A lot of that has to do with embracing silence because if you aren't speaking with intention, right, those moments, they can be short moments or huge gaps in between having something to say, like that's silence, that's sitting in silence, that's maybe actively listening, that is, you know, just being present and really only contributing like with meaningful, purposeful, intentional communication, And so something to think about, like, where in your life or where you're communicating – I'm not saying this only plagues women, but I'm saying I personally have heard from a lot of women that struggle with either, like, decisiveness or clear, assertive communication, like, saying what they mean without feeling like they are – you know, being, like, rude or too pushy or too aggressive. It's that same, like, I always laugh because I do this sometimes, too. But I laugh, like, when you see, like, you know, whatever, like, those memes or, like, those videos on, like, Instagram or TikTok. And it's, like, me as, like, a millennial woman putting, like, an exclamation point at the end of every sentence to sound, like, friendlier and, like, more appealing And it can be really hard to embrace this idea of like only speaking with intention and not having to pat it with like exclamation points or extra words or filler words or tiptoeing around trying to get to what you mean and finding a way to just clearly communicate. But with that, you have to embrace this power of silence because you will find yourself using less words, which means there will be more silence. And I talked about this before, but silence can really help you learn how to function in the discomfort because it can be a little bit uncomfy, which is so important in our lives. It also increases your capacity to make not only better decisions, but to get clarity for decisions, right? It makes sense if there's less noise, if there's less distractions, there's more time for clarity. Silence can give you a lot of insight into how you're truly doing and clarity on like what you need, what you want, what steps you want to take, and it also tr- makes you it forces you to be present with what's happening around you. So even th- if that's just being able to enjoy the natural sounds that are happening in the room that you're at wherever you are, like the experience of that moment, that can be a really really beautiful special practice. But it also makes you be present and sit with what's happening. And it gives you a lot of clarity into what is happening and can help you kind of increase that capacity to be able to make decisions, to be a little bit less indecisive, and to tune out the noise. And for me, I think a lot about not just necessarily noise, like, you know, you've heard me talk about the actual, like, noise that is happening upstairs in my home right now, but I'm talking the noise of, like comparison or the noise of social media or you know the noise of always like listening to something or someone else or someone else's opinion and like when we truly embrace silence like unplugged like nothingness silence if you're trying to make a decision just having that silence and not having any of the noise around you it can not only be really refreshing, but it can be kind of scary because you just have to make that decision that feels right for you because there's no other noise, no other opinions, nothing. It's just you and that clarity and deciding what you want to do. So I want to share just a little bit about my experience with silence and why I've kind of come to this I don't know, very like pro-silence stance, I guess. Um, I'm very much team silence, which I'm sure you've picked up on by now. But I was definitely not always like this. Um, Hopefully one of the threads that you're picking up, just the more time that you spend listening to my voice, listening to this podcast, which I so appreciate you, even if this is the first episode or the 100th episode you listen to, I really appreciate you taking precious time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. I definitely wasn't always team silence. As you know, I am a reformed Shavasana skipper. I used to really, really, really struggle and have a hard time with slowing down, turning inward, being silent, being still and and not. And just, I felt like that was such a waste of time. And I just was so like, go, 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 do more, be more like, oh, the yoga class, is about like the stretching and like the the exercise, like the shavasana is like a waste of time. And I, I kind of looked at silence as that same way. I was like, why would someone want to do that? Like I I like to talk to people. I And this was really before I sort of came to the realization that like I'm actually an introvert. And I find like stillness and quiet to be really, really like therapeutic and beneficial for me. And my first two real experiences with silence, they were very eye-opening to me. And I'm honestly a little embarrassed of how I handled them the first time. Now, in hindsight, of course, hindsight's always twenty-twenty. But the very first time, like, I didn't take them that seriously. And I try, I was just going to say I was talking to someone. I was actually just talking to my therapist about this, about um, just, like, regret and, like, Do you truly have regret with some things or do you just look back on some things and be like, "Hmm, you know, maybe that wasn't the best way to handle it, but did that situation still lead you to where you need to go? Anyways, I was kind of having this like, just, I don't know, existential crisis about like, do we truly have regret Do are we? Anyways, that is between me and Jackie, but I really... I'm a little bit embarrassed about how I dealt with silence because I didn't take it that seriously. But I also, in hindsight, like I don't think I was quite ready yet to take that journey. And I didn't feel all in on, like, yes, I'm going to like take this vow of silence and like take it seriously and have the experience. I felt like it was something that people were like making me do or like wanted me to do. So the first time I did it was in my 200 hour teacher training and we just had to do like a silent meal. And it was weird. And it was uncomfortable. And there was like, I don't know, like 12 of us in a room like eating a meal in silence. And I definitely was the one kind of contributing to like trying to make little, you know, eye contact with people and like communicate without like saying anything, which was kind of rude <laughs> to be completely honest. It's like if if I were showing up to my own trainings like that and kind of being just like a little stinker like I was and I was a teacher, I'd be like, okay, like settle down like take this seriously I just you know kind of rude so if any of my teachers are listening to that I'm sorry that was rude but I just I didn't understand the value of it and I felt uncomfortable and I had not at all embraced this idea of functioning in discomfort like whatsoever not at all I just I it, it felt weird to me so my way of dealing with weird still to this day um is sometimes I like to infuse a little humor into it or like to be a little bit silly and that sort of just releases some of the pressure some of the tension some of the weirdness for me It's just something that I do. Um, And so during that silent meal, like, I did not take it seriously. And I found it to be very weird and uncomfortable. And so I didn't do much with silence because I didn't, you know, I didn't like it. But I also at that time, I wasn't doing that much with meditation. I wasn't really embracing, like, the stillness and the quiet. As you now know, you've heard in depth my time with the monks. That was my second, like, real big experience with silence. And that's where I had to take a vow of silence for the 10 days that I was there. I was not supposed to speak or communicate at all, um, with the exception of kind of like the 30 to 45 minutes that I had with Bonti each day to talk specifically about my progress and my practice and my learning. And again, I didn't take it that seriously at first. I I definitely took it more seriously than my first time experiencing silence But it was weird for me, but this time it was almost hard because I was so curious and I was so curious to like talk to the really interesting people that were around me and I wanted to like know their stories and I I wanted to connect and I wanted to, um, you know, talk to people and like share my experience with them. And now in hindsight, again, this one I don't feel quite as bad about because I wasn't like intentionally trying to be like, I wasn't just being kind of like a pain in the butt. I just I guess I was just being a little bit self-centered of like why do I think that like my experience here like needs to be shared with people around or like why do I have a right to like ask people about their experience and I wasn't always silent I broke my vow of silence kind of frequently especially at first because a lot of it was just habit like I, I would sit down at a table I don't know I don't know why I struggle so much with like silent eating I think it's because I'm so used to like if you sit at a big table with someone it's like a gathering right it's there for like it's like break bread and like communicate with people like connect but I would sit down at a table and like just eat my meal or like we'd have to do chores and so I'd be doing my chore maybe there'd be someone else like sweeping the meditation hall with me and like my inclination because I love connecting with people is to chat and is to connect and not to just stay like in my own little bubble and just do my task and be present with that. And so it was just kind of like my curiosity that was really kind of pulling me to like break this, you know, vow of silence. And I, I kept kind of getting, you know, like little tisk tisk here and there for breaking this vow of silence. But over time, I did really start to embrace it. And by the end of my time, I was really not bothered by the silence. And as you know, and I've shared this on podcasts before, but it's during that time with the monks where I felt like I got to an absolute, like, probably still to this day, one of the deepest places in meditation that I've ever been able to go before. And I can, like, I believe that a big part of that was because once I truly embraced this idea of like a vow of silence and just focusing on like my meditation and like sitting with how I'm feeling and being present in the moment, like it just, just absolutely skyrocketed, like my, my progress in my meditation practice. And it, it took me there. I just felt like I did so much work there like when I when I just no communication tuned out all the noise like I went deeper into myself and I reflected and like I unpacked things and I I felt things and I struggled and I cried and I got really frustrated and angry that I was having to be silent that I was still just sitting there and meditating and I also like felt like the deepest like joy and bliss that i've ever experienced in like my life and i i sat in meditation for two hours and it felt like 10 minutes like it was just such an experience it was such an experience and that was where the place that i I really truly like for the first time embraced not only this idea of being able to sit with discomfort because i was very open to the fact that like the silence thing was hard for me and that i was struggling with it i'd tell bonte about this we we would talk about it during our designated like kind of teaching time and It wasn't until he kind of introduced me to this idea of, like, yeah, like, it's uncomfortable at first. Like, that's life, though. Life is uncomfortable. Like, if you can learn how to sit with uncomfortable things and be introspective, like, during your meditation practice, when you're sort of, like, in a vacuum on this retreat, like, you can take those same principles. You can apply them to your everyday life and learn how to function in discomfort, how to be uncomfortable, and how to be present in the moment and embrace silence in our loud, busy world. And so even though I found myself still wanting to express or, you know, express myself or talk to people, and it it was strange at first to shift from such a loud, busy world to this, this space of, of silence, I, I really have found so much power in silence and not speaking and not communicating and unplugging. And, And when I took this vow of silence with, you know, with the monks, it was, you know, no no talking, no cell phones, no reading books, like, no communication of any kind. They, they even did not want us to journal, um, which isn't necessarily an aspect that I'll take into, like, when I lead others into spaces of silence Um, because I do think it's a good time for like self-reflection, but it was like no communication whatsoever, nothing. You could only read like this one book that we had that we were given that talked about like twin meditation. We could kind of review that book to like deepen our practice. But since then, I found that I was really beginning to enjoy silence and enjoy being present and I even like to, like, to this day, every morning before I, like, teach a training or lead a retreat, I like to have my morning in silence. And I think that's one of the things, going back to the top of the episode, where they're asking, you know, what's the biggest thing that's changed? And I said, well, I don't have any silence anymore. And it is because, like, I wake up when chop wakes up and he usually wakes up talking and, like, you know, I'm taking care of him and communicating. And I used to have very, very quiet mornings. I usually was up well before my husband. Um and I would just have quiet, still mornings to to work or to be or to have coffee or maybe to do some mindful movement, whatever I wanted. And I and I don't do that any, anymore. And that's okay because I, you know, I love where life is right now, but it's just my mornings look so different than they used to. And but I I've really started to embrace like intentionally taking these sort of like mini vows of silence, taking these little like sacred pauses, these little quiet moments. And I used to do it a lot more before kids and all of that. But now I, I find them in like these teeny tiny little like these itty bitty little pockets here and there. Like and, you know, anyone that's shared a space with other people, that's usually loud. It's like once it's finally like quiet, you're just like, oh, my gosh, it's quiet. Like, what do I do? It's so it's just like oh, it's like you just want to like bathe in that like quiet for a moment. And this kind of leads me to why I've decided to start incorporating some more silence into my own teaching. So where I'm taking the biggest leap in this is doing an entire silent day at the Sacred Stillness Retreat in Hawaii. So when I was designing that retreat and I decided I was going forward, I really wanted to focus on meditation for my retreats. This one in specific, the Hawaii retreat. This is a retreat that is all about stillness and turning inward and unlocking a deeper part of yourself. And I truly believe that this cannot be done without some silence. So we will be doing one entire day of silence. No talking, no social media, you know, no no books, no Netflix, um but we will be we'll be meditating I will be prepping you all the way up to the silent day. It's like it's not our last day, but it's like past the midway point. It's like day four, maybe I'll be prepping you for all of that. Um, I'll be instructing you on how to best use your time of silence, like significance of it. We'll be diving so much deeper into like the actual science and purpose of silence so much more than, you know, we can dive into just in this one episode. But it also will be completely up to each um, participant. I'm sure you can probably hear that, <laughs> hear that noise again, my 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 loving wilder beasts, the jungle upstairs. Um, but it's I really want each participant. Like, of course, this is going to be optional. So if anyone wants to come in to the retreat and they're like, I really just I don't think I can do the silent day. That's okay. I will ask though that you make sure that you remain respectful and the people that are taking that silent day that you make sure to just like stay out of the way and let them have the experience that they're looking for. And you might be wondering, like, but why a full day? Like, if silence is so powerful, can't you just do, like, an hour here or an hour there or practice here or practice there? Silent days, in my experience, are so powerful and transformational. And they are uncomfortable and they are hard and they're really kind of awkward at times. And I I want that for you. And I want that for you in, like, a loving way. I want you to kind of struggle a little bit. I want you to peel back the layers. And in my experience, from now doing, you know, up to 10 days of trying to be in total silence for 10 days to a day to a half day to like two days, it you really need like the full day to unpack and to like get the full experience and to dive deep because you get kind of uncomfy a little bit at first. You're like, oh it's a little weird, kind of making a little eye contact with people, like, oh, what are we doing? Here's Kelly making us be silent. And but like once you really get into it and you hit your stride, like I'm here to tell you it's it genuinely is kind of nice and it it takes a little bit of reintegration time when you're done with your day. So the next day when you can communicate again, you kind of have to reintegrate a little bit and it makes you really think about like where in my life is the noise necessary? Where is communication necessary and where is it not? And so you do, from my experience, one full day is a good amount of time to really do some deep work and to get to a deeper part of yourself, to peel back some of those layers and to get to a deeper part of your meditation practice that you probably have never been before or haven't been for quite a while. And you will be frustrated at times. You'll be uncomfortable at times. You will want to quit at different parts. You'll think this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? Um, But if you can push through and you can just embrace it and like ride the wave of having a silent day and being like, you know, this is just, this is different and this is hard and that's okay you will really really truly make some leaps in your practice and in your life that you may not have been before and you'll be looking into all the different corners of your mind and of your heart you'll be listening to the sounds of the ocean you'll be taking in the smell of, like the flowers that are blooming in hawaii you'll be feeling the the sun on your skin and you'll be taking one day to unplug to get rid of all the noise have this like life detox and I promise you that you you will not be the same person. Everyone that does a silent day, you will not be the same person at the end of it that you were at the beginning of it. There will be a shift and a change. And I'm not just going to let people like, I'm not just going to leave people like hanging. It of course is optional. I imagine everyone will be choosing to participate. And I will also be holding space for all the attendees that are experiencing this just like throughout a whole retreat. Like I'm there for you no matter what. Um, But if you do need to talk about something, I'm there. If you're struggling, I'm there. Let's talk about it. If you, you know, you'll be prepped and you will feel prepared for this silent day. And it honestly, like, it may not be as hard as you think it's going to be. Some people are like, honestly, that was kind of nice. That was sort of a breeze, like a great, just relaxing day. And with the exception of times that I need to communicate in order to, like, be the facilitator of the retreat, I will also be taking that vow of silence along all of you and having that same um day and and helping to like hold that space for you while you do it and and it'll be hard but it will change you and that's honestly one of the like people come on retreats to have like that break just from life and the world and to go deep and to hopefully leave feeling better and with a different perspective than Than when they came, and and I always hear people say, and I'm sure there's a lot of you you're listening. You say this, you're like, oh my gosh, I could never, I could never do a silent day. And I hear this all the time. People are like, oh my gosh, I could never be silent for a whole day, and they're like, no way, never, 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 I could never do that. I never would. And I promise you that you can, and honestly, you will probably like it a little bit more than you than you think. So if you are feeling pulled to do this. Nothing would make me happier than to share this experience with you of the meditation retreat, whether it's in Hawaii or Ireland, and having like a silent day and incorporating, helping you to start incorporate the magic of silence into into your life. So the Hawaii retreat that I just mentioned, it is at about like 80% capacity. So there's a couple last um, spots there. So if you're feeling pulled, I encourage you to, if you want to ask me questions, just shoot me an email. I'm happy to help you figure out if it's the right fit for you. And if you are listening to this before November 15th, you can use coupon code mindful to save $100 off. So that is my exploration, my deep dive of silence. The last thing that I really want to leave you with is, and I I understand that like a retreat is not the option for everyone. It's not accessible for everyone. It's not, you know, what, what everyone wants. So I want to just share a few ways that you can start incorporating silence into your everyday life. One way is to start doing a little bit of non-guided meditation. So if you're listening to my voice right now, you obviously are a fan of guided meditations and you use, um, you know, mine and I'm sure others to really guide you through your meditation practice. Try doing like one meditation this week that is not guided, where you just kind of sit in silence, just for ten minutes, sit with yourself and your own like personal just guidance and experience, and just be and sit with the silence. Also, incorporating these these things that I mentioned, these like sacred pauses, which are like these small one to three minute silent breaks, just to be and to be silent, just no communication and just experience and just just be. And I have found that like first thing in the morning is a really beautiful way. To start your morning is with a sacred pause. And so you wake up and before you even look at the clock or check your phone or anything like that, like just like savor the stillness and the silence of the morning and just be. It is like such a special magical way to kick off your morning. But you can also do these little sacred pauses anytime you want. I find it a lot like my days can be really just busy and chaotic as many people's days can be busy and chaotic so i'll find like i put pork chop down for a nap and my you know instantaneous i'm like okay what can i start getting done or like okay i have to go hop on this call or whatever but taking these like sacred pauses even in those minutes of like one minute two minutes just like silent and be has really really helped me not only be more present um but i think it's really helped like just with like my mental health and my well-being and like my my happiness and my anxiety Um, of course, doing a retreat, if it's accessible to you, like if you really, really want to have the experience, like I would love to lead you on that experience. And I would also encourage you to start conducting an audit of where there's unnecessary noise in your life. It is in your surroundings. Like, are you living in a really, really loud place? Is it, you know, a lot of extra noise in your communication? Is it on social media? Like, where is there a lot of noise that you can start to reduce and embrace these moments of silence? So that is all that I have for you today. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening and letting me share this with you. Um, I know I didn't really dive into like the singing bowls. I, I'm I'm, really excited to share some of that with you later. I don't quite feel ready to share it yet because I'm still, as you know, in like bowl school trying to learn all the things, just enjoying like the learning process. Um, but I'm looking forward to in the future sharing some of that with you and just start incorporating like some sound baths and some fun things into meditation. And my practice. So I hope wherever you are at that you are having a wonderful day, and I appreciate you so, so much.